Father, we thank you this evening that we are your children, that we come together as your daughters, and that you know you have called us to be someone and to do something. So, Father, we just want to hand the rest of this evening over to your to you and just say, Holy Spirit, have your way this evening. Amen. Amen. We'll have a seat. You're all very welcome. Um, I'm just really nosy, and I would just love to know, is anybody here for the first time? Stick your hand up if you are. There's a few of you. Anybody here, this is your second evening? And any hardcore people who have been here for all three events? There are some hardcore ones there too. Yes, we have been here for all three events. Um, yes, as I say, you're all very welcome. If it's your first time, you're especially welcome. We really hope you enjoy this evening. Tonight, our theme is dreams and destiny and kind of what that means for us as daughters of God. You know, what dreams God has put in our hearts and the destiny he has for us. And I was just reminded when we were singing about that um, and Ignite, uh, Alan says, you know, we're born to be someone and to do something. So we want to kind of unpack that this evening. We've got some amazing women to share their stories with us. We've got our amazing Tara to speak to us this evening and lots of other things and the honor box as well. Yes. Um, on that point, right, so we have two women, as we usually do, that we like to honor. But these women, we want you to know that they were chosen by you, okay? So at the very back, you might have missed it coming in because you were so taken with our lovely arch and food. Isn't that amazing? Shaz is just so good. She's always down the back hiding. Isn't that right, Shaz? She's down there hiding. She won't come up. But anyway, she works so hard setting that up. But down at the back, on your way out, you'll see a little suitcase. And it's full of little pages for our honor box. And if you've got somebody that you think deserves to be honored, deserves just to say, you think, you know, yeah, they do so much and they deserve a wee, just a wee boost, then you pick them, write them on a sheet, write why you think they should be honored and put them in that case. So these two women have been picked by you. So let's roll with the first one. So exciting. I love this bit. I know I love this bit too. <clears throat> it's coming, I promise. Hello. So the person that I would like to honour is a good friend of mine. I have known her for quite a long time now, which means that I've seen a lot of her journey through life. And at times this hasn't been an easy journey for her. But what really inspires me is how she gets up and keeps going. She keeps positive and um, she has developed so much determination and bravery along the way. She has achieved a lot through her nursing and through opening her own business, using her skills in India, and also mentoring kids who've been on a similar journey to hers. Um, she is a really joyful person to be around. Um, I don't think she realizes how much joy she carries. And I know that if you spoke to anybody that spent any amount of time with her that they would say the same. She's the kind of person that when you meet up with her, well, firstly, if she gets there because she would say, oh, I'm on my way, but do not be fooled. She is not on her way. She is like, I don't know, somewhere else, walking the dog around the park. I don't know where she is, but whenever she gets there and you meet up with her and have a catch up, you just come away feeling so inspired by what she's getting up to. So yeah, I think it's great that she's being honored. She is such a wonderful person and I just think you are brilliant. So I am so happy that we are honoring this very special lady. She is super special to me and I know that she's very special to quite a lot of people. Even though I don't see her every day, um, I know that she cares for me and she's only a phone call away. 
um, and I can come to her with anything that I need. Um, she's just super kind to me as a friend and I know that she's very kind to her family, to all the patients that she sees every day um, and the people that she touches through volunteer work that she does as well. Um, yeah, she is a little ray of sunshine and I know that she brings so much happiness to my life and to many other people's lives. Um, she manages to, you know, be positive in probably not the best of situations and trusts God with all of his plans in her life. And I know that she trusts God in literally every day of her life, um, whether that be to open her own business or whether that be to find a car parking space. Um, she will pray to God in any situation. Um, and I, I think that her positive energy in weird and wonderful ways um, really inspire me and I love her a lot. I am also so sad that I can't be there tonight and see your reaction um, of everyone telling you how awesome you are and how amazing you are and I hope that you soak it all in and have the most amazing night being honoured. So just in case you all didn't get it, I bet you she's down the back blubbing. Our soap is amazing. She was here straight after work last night after a long day. She came straight here to set up and get everything ready. She's been here from five o'clock making hot chocolate with me, running back and forwards to her house to get things that I forgot. And she is just amazing. So where's our sofa? I'm coming to you. would love to encourage you as well those people that we have on in the past go and speak to them and find a bit more about their story as well because there's a whole kind of you know so much more we could say about them that just we can't put on on screen i am so excited to be announcing this next person okay. um so we're just going to roll the videos first this person brings fun and joy into any situation she loves little things in life like proper coffee and dips in the sea, extremely difficult dips in the sea. She loves road trips, pee stops, toilet stops, coffee dates, and she is encouraging, appreciative, fierce, and fearless. I am so glad that this person is being honoured tonight because she totally deserves it and she will not be expecting this at all. She is the very one who would be the least to put herself forward for anything or even recognise her own gifts and ability but she just is amazing all of the time. Um, this lady exudes joy, like pure joy. Um, whenever she is around you, she just brings joy to every single person that she meets. And even whenever she is talking about Jesus, you can see the joy in her eyes sparkle. And whenever she's talking very snobbishly about her coffee, uh, um, you can see joy. And whenever she is talking about her rabbit, um, you can just see joy all of the time. She loves to laugh. She loves to joke very sarcastically all of the time um, and we just love her but she has the most amazing ability to break down people's barriers that they don't even realise they have. 
um, and she just calls them into being um, their own person um, just by being her. She has the most amazing ability to spot the people on the outside who are on their own, who are feeling lonely or vulnerable and she makes them feel like they belong. She makes them feel like they are part of the family um, and she's just amazing and we just want to thank you um, for being you. We want to thank you for how you love us because whenever you get to know this lady she um, does not just count you as a friend but she calls you your, her family and it's a pleasure and a privilege to be part of your family. Um, and so I just want to thank you for being you. I want to thank you for your incredible witness of your unshakable faith. Um, and on behalf of the kids um, of this church, I want to thank you for the inspiration that you are and for the incredible example of what true faith looks like. Yes. I love Joanne because she's funny. I love Joanne because she's nice. I love Joanne because she has a funny chance to read it. I like Joanne because she's kind. Amazing. This video is for Joanne for her to know that I am praying for her. I love Joanne because she's my favourite voice singer. <laughs> I love Joanne because she lets me play in her wheelchair. <laughs> well, for those of you maybe who aren't part of Emmanuel, I don't know who it is, it's Joanne Lavery, and she will absolutely go through me because we've done this tonight. But I just want to say, you know, she's one of the first people I met kind of coming in here and just part of my Ignite group. And just that phrase that Heather said, her unshakable faith. She's an amazing warrior spirit. And she just does so much hidden in the background. She's always here for after schools, clubs and different things. So please, one more time for Joanne. You know, there's so many of you women here that we would love to honour. We just can't do everybody all the time. But you are all amazing. And we're going to now just hand over to Tara and meet three more amazing women and to hear some of their stories as well. So, Tara, over to you. Just while they're coming, I wanted to make reference. I don't know whether you noticed my boots, right? I'm in love with my boots, right? But whenever I'm coming out for the night, you know when you have four kids and you don't really get out very much? When I'm coming out for the night, I love to get my heels on and get a wee bit glammed up. And I was pulling my heels out of the wardrobe and I felt to myself, do you know what? Heels are not good for chasing your dreams. Because you can't run very fast in heels. I can't even walk in heels most of the time. Usually they get kicked off. And I kind of figured it was time to put on the dream chasing boots. So tonight, whenever we're listening to these girls, I want you to really think about your dream chasing shoes. Because you need good, sensible shoes for chasing your dreams. And that's what these are. But they do look, still look pretty. Look, I love these. All right. Um, yeah, you just sit down there. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. What a message. No need for me to stand up here now. <laughs> um, yeah, so good evening. It's so lovely to see everyone here tonight. Where else would you rather be on a Friday night than eating some nice food and listening to us? Um, and so, yeah, tonight we're going to be looking at this idea of dreams and destiny. And we're going to be looking at how God has dreams for us and how he has a destiny for us, but how we can actually allow our hearts to line up with those dreams. Um, and even this evening, just before we started, we were in the prayer room, just a few of us praying for tonight, and Jerry really reminded me of something. She was talking about how Jesus died on the cross for our sins, 
course he did. But he did that so that we could step into life. And so if you think about it, Jesus died on the cross so that we could fix those broken dreams, so that we could relive them and bring life into them. And so that's what we want to look at tonight. How can we breathe life into our dreams? How can we discover what they are? And how can we fully live those out in our day-to-day lives? So we're going to be talking to three women just in a minute. But just before they come up, I want to ask you something. Have you ever heard this question? I'm sure you have. I don't know if Barbara has the PowerPoint up. But um, have you ever heard this question? What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? It's a question that everyone has probably been asked at some stage, maybe when you were a bit younger, maybe when you were a kid. It seems to be the go-to question. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm sure there's lots of various answers, even as you're sitting here around the room, I'm sure there's lots of different answers. And I thought this week, why don't I ask some of my friends what their um, answer would have been to this whenever they were younger? What would their first answer, their immediate answer have been to this question? So I had some funny answers. Some of them were just the normal ones. They'll come up on the screen here. Some of them were just doctors and vets and teachers. They should come up. There we go. Pretty, pretty achievable, pretty normal. I'm sure we have plenty of doctors or teachers or vets here. Then with builders, artists, a minister, with a fashion designer, an interior designer. So these are all reasonably normal dreams, reasonably normal things that people wanted to be. But then we started to get the ambitious ones, let's say the creative ones. There was one that was a footballer from Man United. Melanie, guess who that was? <laughs> Another one, this one was a bit strange, an emergency vehicle painter. I didn't even know that's a thing, but I suppose they have to be painted somehow. Someone in their childhood wanted to do this. Um, there was Fireman Sam, not sure if that's up yet. Someone else, their, their dream, their longing was to be Britney Spears. That's what they really wanted to do. Someone else wanted to be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I'm not sure which one. Someone else wanted to be Troy Bolton from High School Musical. Melanie, you can guess who that was again. That was Robbie. That's his one desire. Um, And then there was my brother. I was talking to my mum about this um, earlier on today. My brother's dream was to live in Londonderry with a donkey. (laughs) I I have no idea. I don't think my mum has any idea either of where that came from. I'm not sure if he has any idea either. But I'm sure you can tell from these answers, and even if you look around everyone else, that we all have different dreams for our lives. We all have different ideas of what it's going to look like. But as you think about even these answers, they don't always plan out. I'm sure, yes, those of the teachers and the doctors and the nurses of these answers, they did work out. And granted, yes, some of my friends are now studying to become these things. But for those Joy Boltons or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, or my brother doesn't now live in Londonderry and he doesn't have a donkey, because sometimes these things just don't work out for us. Sometimes our dreams just don't go to plan. Because it says this in Proverbs chapter 19, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. You see, we can have it all mapped out. We could have a five or a 10 year plan for our lives of what it's gonna look like, but that might not work. It might not plan out like that. Because you see, 
God has a dream for us and he's a destiny for us. And no matter what our dream might be, we might not know best. Hear this tonight, God knows the ins and outs of your life, of each and every one of you. God knows the ins and outs of your life. He knows what you've gone through in the past. He knows every detail of it. He knows where you're at right now. And he knows your future. For each and every person here, God knows your future, whether that's just tomorrow or whether that's in one or two or five or 10 years to come, God knows your future. He's a dream and a destiny for each one of us. And so that's what we're going to be exploring a bit tonight. How can we discover that dream and how can we breathe life into it? How can we um, make that come into being? So I'm going to invite Katie and Laura and Debbie up and we're going to hear a bit about their dreams and about how God has shaped them. Give me one second and we can rearrange. I can stand, you can bring that forward, Reba. <laughs> so Laura and I have accidentally worn the exact same outfit as well. <laughs> that was not planned. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, who copied who? That's the question. <laughs> um, okay, so, <laughs> well, yeah, who wore best? That's the next one. But, um, okay, Debbie, we'll start with you, since you have the microphone. So I'd love for each of you just to go along the line. Could you just introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about who you are and where you're from and what you do. Sure. So, yeah, my name is Debbie. I have been married for 21 years, and we have got three children. We have two girls who are here, actually, tonight. We've got Lucy and Katie, and they are 14 and nearly 12. And um, we Zachary, he has, is, yeah, he's eight, just turned eight, not very long. So what do I do? I'm a primary school teacher, and I'm not going to tell you what else I do, because you're going to find out in a wee minute. I'm Katie. I'm as Lurgan as you can get, born and bred. Um, I'm putting my posh accent on tonight. Um, I'm 24, and I have the privilege of working here in church, actually, part-time with our young people, and have recently just also started Masters, and... I love games and activities and people, um, and and I love history, yeah. I love history, I'm a big nerd, so if you ever need me for a table quiz, come get me. Hi, my name's Laura Wiley. I am um, 33, going on 34 soon. I am married with uh, two kids. I'm married to Dave, Dave's one of the pastors here in Emmanuel, and I'm a counsellor by trade, and I run Links Counseling Service here in Lurgan, and most recently in Stewartstown, so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so Laura, we'll stick with you then. I'd love if you could tell us then a bit of a dream that you have, and maybe how God has shaped that dream, or maybe how he's changed it a bit. Yeah, um, okay. I've always been known as a dreamer, um, right from childhood. My teachers would have said that uh, Laura's daydreaming again, um, <laughs> wake her up, um, but I, I, God has given me many dreams um, throughout my life and it's always been in the kind of vein of seeing restoration and full potential being restored and I've done that through many different things. I traveled as a, for a long time as a, a teenager and young adult and um, just got exposed to the world and to the need in the world. And that really shaped a dream in me to see families, individuals, society healed <laughs> and restored. And so I stepped into counselling 
and as a counselor, um, God just opened more and more opportunities, more and more doors to work with those most vulnerable. And through Links Counseling, I've been able to see sort of dreams come into fruition. Um, to, God's really given me a dream for Links um, to be able to be a, a hub of healing, not just here in Lurgan, but across many different areas in Northern Ireland, that we could be a resource to those most vulnerable and that we can link people um, from the community into a church family and into family in general, that we could uh, work with those most broken to bring them into the full potential that God has for them. So uh, that's my dream. <laughs> Easy, eh? <laughs> um, super, so staying with you then, as you, as you said that, sometimes dreams can seem beyond us, but then tell us a bit about what that actually looks like then on a day-to-day -day basis. What does that dream look like? Yeah, I mean, oh, you know when, when you're walking in your purpose, there's just a, a, a sense of God's hand upon it. It just it feels easy. You know, it's, sometimes your dreams can be really scary, and that's a really good thing. But it's, it feels easy too. It feels like you don't need to strive for much because God's in control. And when I started Lynx um, about four years ago, Lynx has been going, uh, Lynx Counseling Service has been going on from 2007. And it was very much a, a small kind of word of mouth service, excellent counsellors, um, but it was, it was quite small. And it started links about, it's coming up to four years. And um, it was just as if God, God, God just started bringing people our way, um, those who are, who are really broken, really vulnerable. We had about seven counsellors when I started. We have 25 now. Um, we were seeing a, a minimum of, um, say, around 20 clients a week. Now it's 60, 70 clients a week. Um, we're servicing counselling in primary schools, in GP surgeries. We're connecting with statutory services. We're providing um, counselling for, for um, church ministries and uh, community organisations and um, various people throughout, not just here in Lurgan and Craigavon, Portadown, as I said, all the whole way up to Stewartstown. Um, God has just expanded our, our heart for people. And with that, I think he's trusting us with more because um, we know we're not doing this on our own strength. We're doing this because we, we have the heartbeat of God and it flows through us and it flows out of us and our team are excellent. And um, we're just, I'm just so privileged to serve alongside some people who have just their heart is for restoration and for potential to be realized in people's lives. And that comes in lots of different forms, you know, with people who really want to make a difference through um, uh, eating disorders and people who really want to make a difference to those who in family situations, work with children, working with teenage mothers, working um, with through people who are fostering adoption, working with people who are suicidal. You know, our, our team carry a heart and, and we want to see that grow and expand so that we can reach those most vulnerable. So yeah, he's adding to us and it's, it's exciting to be a part of. Amazing, yeah, that's so exciting. So then moving on to Katie, um, I'd love if you could tell us, you have many dreams, don't you? <laughs> I'd love if you could tell us a bit of your dream um, and then how God has shaped that or created that for you. Yeah, I'm a wee bit like Laura, I'm a dreamer, so sometimes people actually have to tell me, calm down, Katie, calm down. I felt this a really hard question, actually, when Tara sent this through, like, what is your dream? Because I don't know about you, but, like, I feel like I've got a thousand dreams, but um, the more I thought about it, it comes down to the same heart. So Tara was looking there about, what do you want to be when you grow up? So I was a wee bit of a strange child. 
Um, when, I wa when I was younger, I wanted to be the female Indiana Jones and also um, I wanted, I had this adamant thing in me where I wanted to be arrested for standing up for what was right. So instead of playing with Barbies and babies or like curbsy out in the street, which I did, I used to run around the house pretending I was being chased by the police, like for <laughs> like, um, for like starting a protest and like I used to give these speeches in the mirror and all of this here. Um, so I was a wee bit, I was a wee bit odd, but like I don't think that's left me. Um, and if you know me, even if we're sitting around a dinner table and somebody's getting like picked on a wee bit, you'll just see me crack up and like want to step in. I have this thing in me where actually I'm for the marginalised, I'm for um, those who are just being mistreated, I'm, I'm for those down and out, so to speak. Um, and I suppose my dream really comes. I don't know if you know this um, part of Psalm 113 where it's like he, he lifts the poor from the dust um, and the needy out of the ash heap and he sets them he sets them with the princes and that's what my dream is. I want to be someone who dedicates my life to like calling out the gold in the people that nobody wants to call it out in. I want to be someone who sees the best in people when everybody's speaking a different like word over their life. I want to be a voice for them, but I also want to be the voice of the Father into their life too. And so um, I suppose, well, I just go on with how God's shaped that. I suppose yeah. that's then, um, <laughs> if you know me, I'm a wee bit spontaneous <laughs> on all, and, and all over the place. Um, and so as I've journeyed with that in me, um, <laughs> like what child does political speeches in the mirror? So weird. Um, <laughs> I think as like I've went along with that and as I started to follow Jesus when I was in my kind of later years um, in school um, God has shaped that within me so it always would have started I would have like on the playground you know you would have been like looking out for somebody but um, when I was in school um, then obviously you have to start picking choices for your life don't you you have to be like okay I have to do this with my life I have to pick this career and everybody wants to like box you into what seems okay even your mum and dad so my mum and dad are brilliant if, if any of you know them they're amazing and they've always told me I can do whatever I want to do but even then they're like oh really stable job, you know, where like, you earn like good money. And so um, I obviously wanted to help people. And so I applied, um, I originally was gonna apply for politics and then I decided like against it um, because I wanted to help people. So I decided to apply for nursing and I'm quite bubbly and stuff. So I was like, ah, no bar, I'm gonna pass that interview. So a wee bit cocky. Um, <laughs> and I applied for it and, and like I have the grades and everything, but I actually got rejected. Um, on account of my interview and I was so annoyed I was like God like I'm giving you my heart here like I'm giving you my heart like for people in this and you've like thrown that in my face um, and I was really annoyed I remember sitting in my bed um, for like a week staring at the ceiling my dad had to come in and give me pep talks because <laughs> I was just so angry at God for like taking that away but actually it ended up this journey I took a year out I started working with young people for the first time and I worked particularly in a really um, deprived area in North Belfast. And I actually came alive so much in that because you got to be a voice for those kids that like society was riding off, that they were saying that they're never gonna amount to anything and nobody could be bothered with them. Um, they were mad. Sometimes I like drove home on the motorway crying the whole way home, um, but I loved it and I came alive in that. And so God started to shape that more and more and I started just to fall in love with like people more. Um, fast forward a few years. Um, I had the privilege of helping um, a group of friends and I, we just got a heart for Central Kirkavon, as you know, it's a deprived area, has like, it's called a field city, everybody like doesn't want to call out the best in it and we just started praying and like have set up a missional community that turned into a church plant um, in that and so that's a lot of what we do, we go into schools and we run a crazy kids club that is just absolutely mental sometimes but it all comes down to that same heart of like raising like the poor and the needy up. 
Um, somebody's phone just went off. Um, <laughs> I know, you think like my, my head's all over the place. Um, and now, like currently, God is continuing to shape that. I don't know what it'll look like in the years to come, but I decided to go back and do a master's because I always want to be prepared for what, because what I've learned through that story of them like kind of shutting doors and opening new doors is like, let's not hold things like this in a really, really tight hand, but actually a wee bit loose. Because, like, God's ways are the best ways. I try to box myself in and um, into a certain way that other people wanted me to be, but I'm, I'm not necessarily like that. And what I needed to do, I would have heard a lot less if I was a wee bit, okay, God, what, what do you want to do? What do you want to take me in this? So, is that, is that enough? Sorry, I kind of went on a wee bit. No, it's just really cool then, as you say, like, you seem to have loads of dreams, but you can see God so clearly weaving them all together, whether that's through your heart for justice or then Cara, when you're actually on the ground face-to-face with these people. Like, it's so cool to see that God's actually weaving all of these things together. Um, so, yeah, just you've sort of touched on this, but what does this look like then? Like, Monday to Friday on a day-to-day basis, if you can, <laughs> what does that look like? <laughs> who, who knows what it looks like day-to-day? That's the thing. Um, my... Um, my, I had the privilege, my granddad um, really, really loved Jesus, um, but he was a painter and decorator by trade, and, but he always just used his normal day-to-day stuff to, to share Jesus, and he always would have shared this, um, you know, we've um, phrased from Mark when, like, um, Mary breaks, like, the perfume and stuff, and he's like, leave her be, she did what she could, do what you can, and, like, that's what you try, so obviously I, like, mess up, like, every week, there's times where you don't even want to be near, like, near me, let alone me calling out the best in you, um, but it is, it's, like, each and every day, do what you can, so if it's when I'm here, and we are, like, meeting with our young people, calling that wee bit of gold out in them, and, like, pushing them to, like, be all they can be, or if it's, like, turning up and just saying, okay, I'm going to give my time to this, um, but I think it's just always being willing, like, if God gives you an opportunity, just take it, like, He's given you an opportunity that gives you permission to take it, you know. Um, and so I think what I would love to say from like since I'm here is there's no hierarchy with dreams in the kingdom. OK, just because somebody might go on to be like the president of the world or something doesn't mean that you're like dream to just be hospitable and fight people and your home is any less. Do what you can do. Do what you can do, because those are the things that are going to change the world. Maybe someday, I hope this is a dream, I'd love to sit around the table with the big bosses, right? But I know for a fact, it's the guy, so a few of us have been to Cambodia, like, a few times. I could sit with their government, but you know the guys who are really doing the hard work? When they show up to the slums and they sit with those kids and they actually rewrite a different story of their life. So do what you can do. And so that's kind of what I try to do each day. I, I feel so badly at it. And, like, I'm sure you've all, like, found me on a really tough day. Um... But do what you can do and don't compare yourself either. Just like follow that thing that God's given you because we don't need seven billion of me in the world. We need everyone to be them. So incredible. Thanks, Kitty. Um so Debbie, moving on to you then, could you tell us a bit of what your dream looks like and how God has shaped that for you? Yep, no problem. I feel very tall compared to you. Kitty, you're very low. For me, I never feel tall, so I'm kind of I'm enjoying this and kinda of liking it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just would love to tell you a little bit about my journey, I guess. It's slightly different from you guys because there are kind of come some steps that go along with it. But um, so, yeah, so I think for Chris and I, we kind of identified quite early on when we got together. We actually got together at 16, 28 years ago, which is wild. How old am I? Um, yeah, we got together and we, we just knew that God had something for us to do together and a kind of ministry and a pastoral sense. But 
we haven't really a clue what that looked like at all. Um, so I think we maybe, maybe first saw that we might end up in another country or something, but we really weren't too sure what it would look like. Um, so anyway, we got married, and then a couple of years into married life, we uh, became really friendly with a family who then gave their lives to Jesus, which was incredible. Um, and then the girl started to get very, very ill, and they had two little kids, and Chris and I were saying, you know, what can we do to, to help or to support these guys? Because we loved them, and life was really, really hard for them. Um, and so then we, as you do, we turned and we looked at the book of Acts in the Bible where it talked about, you know, the believers coming together and sharing all that they had and supporting one another. And we thought, well, that's what we'll do. So we'd been married about two years at this stage and uh, we left our little home and we moved into a massive big house and we basically helped to care for and support uh, those guys during that really tough time. Now, I don't really know how this happened, to be honest, but it kind of turned into a bit of a community house experience. So there were lots of kind of single Christian people who managed to find their way to our door. And actually from all over the world, we had people staying with us as well. And it was an amazing time. I mean, we ran Alpha from the house and we had the most incredible conversations, like 16 of us around this massive table we had to get built. And it was just an amazing, amazing time. But you know, the reality of life, cracks started to show and um, we always kind of look back at that time as the best of times and the worst of times as well because, you know, there were difficult relationships there. People were starting to come to Chris and I and saying, would you sort this out and would you sort this person out and they're not paying the rent and they're not doing their chores and, you know, it was all quite difficult. It was all quite stressful. Um, but... You know, we look back on that time, and that time was completely key, actually, because we then ended up getting involved in the Vineyard Church, which is a church planting movement. And then that's when it kind of all became clear that we were called to plant a church. Um, so really, I think that that was, that was a, a kind of crash course training ground, you could maybe say, just into kind of people and relationship dynamics and things. Um, so we started up a band Vineyard Church. Um, which lasted for 11 years. And during that time, I would say that we had some really big dreams that we couldn't quite see realized in the context of our small church. Um, and then God kind of, he kept speaking through prophetic words and things to kind of show us that these prophetic words were of him and from him. Um, so completely unexpectedly in December of last year, uh, God spoke really clearly to ourselves and to Emmanuel and a couple of verses like the completely condensed version of all this. Um, a very, very long story short, um, God called us to lay down our church and uh, we came together with a group of people from Emmanuel Portadown and, uh, or Emmanuel Learn, to form Emmanuel Portadown and so we are on the lead team there. So yeah, it's been pretty interesting. Brilliant. And then, so could you tell us a bit about life at Emmanuel Portadown? What does that look like? Oh, my goodness. It's been an adventure. It's still an adventure. We are seeing Jesus just reaching out to people who are lost and broken and hurting, who um, are just looking for a purpose, looking for a sense of identity, trying to figure out why they are on this planet. What's it all about? Um, is there a purpose for their lives? 
we're coming across a lot of very lost and, and lonely people who are really looking for family. They're looking for love. They're looking for acceptance. Um, so the, the Connect Cafe on a Friday morning is a really special place. Um, we're basically in the mall right in the heart of Portadown. And it's just been stunning to see the Holy Spirit just guiding and leading people in through our doors. And, you know, the more I look at people, the more people just need to be to feel seen and to have somebody sitting and having a couple with them and just feeling that they're valued and loved for who they are and the prayer support that's gone alongside that's been beautiful too so we've seen quite a few people coming through the doors um, and meeting Jesus and then the whole kind of dynamics of getting to congregations and a whole kind of middle other group of people who felt called to come over um, and building family with them. So, yeah, I kind of, you know, we're with our one-year anniversary on the 3rd of December. That year has completely flown in. Um, but I just kind of feel that the dreams that, that Chris and I shared and that we had in Upper Band Vineyard, we're really starting to see those realized in the context of what God led us into that we hadn't really a clue about and they didn't make sense. And I remember at times feeling quite frustrated, actually, just saying, Lord, why are you giving all these prophecies and dreams when they can't really be realized and where you planted us and what's happening right now in our lives? Um, but so, yeah, it's good. And the other wee thing I just want to say is that um, I, when I was introducing myself, I mentioned that I'm a primary school teacher, too. And for me, ministry is where God has planted you and where he's called you to be. And I don't really feel that my calling is to pastor and to minister in the context of Emmanuel Portadown. And then I teach for a couple of days a week because, you know, that is also my kind of mission field, if you like, because, you know, we have so many kids who desperately need prayed over and difficult situations there where, you know, you really need to cry out for wisdom to the Lord and just insight as to the best way to love and, and serve and teach them. Um, so that is as much my kind of mission field, and that was as big a dream to become a teacher as the kind of pastoral side of things too. Amazing, thank you. Um, so one last question for each of you. It's going to be the same question. We'll stay with you, Debbie, to start. If you could go back five or ten years ago and give yourself a bit of advice, what would it be? Goodness, five or ten years ago, I don't think we had much. Well, five or ten. No, you're talking 20. <laughs> oh I'll go 20. <laughs> um, Guinness, I'm not really sure. We had too much of a clue. Other than the closer we got to Jesus, the more we knew that these dreams were of him and were from him. Because I think that sometimes we can have dreams that aren't necessarily um, from God. And we need to be careful to really kind of guard our hearts in that and make sure we're following his direction. But... Um, I think I would say a couple of things. I would say, don't get too stressed out about the detail and about exactly what every step of the way is going to look like. Um, I think sometimes we like to control things, don't we? But through our journey, it, God has taken us in directions and routes that we would never have foreseen. And so I think I would say to myself, don't stress about what every step of the way is going to look like. And I guess it's a little bit of it like Abraham in the Bible because he was called to go and he hadn't a clue where he was going, but he took the first step 
and he trusted and he believed that God would guide him and that God would lead him and God was faithful in that. And the other thing I just want to share with you guys is I remember sitting in Belfast in our living room and we were having the make or break conversation in terms of will we move to Portadown and the Lurgan area to plant the church. And uh, I can remember Chris looking at me and he said, okay, so do we want to say no, we won't just in case we fail at this whole church planting thing in case it doesn't work out in the eyes of the world? Um, do we want to do that or do we want to have a conversation and look back in 10 years time and say what if what if it actually gone for it not necessarily knowing all of the the kind of way everything would pan out and work out but what if it actually gone for it and when I look back at that I'm so glad I can't imagine how different life would be had we not made that step and had we not done it in God's strength Yes, so Katie, the same question for you. Looking back, what advice would you have given yourself? Everything that Debbie just said, but also um, me and Rachel Kerr, who's sitting over here, we have a wee joke. We like said each other, you do you. Um, you do you. Like God has obviously put like dream and heart into you. He's given you gifts and never ever come up to me and say that you don't have gifts or you don't like, like God hasn't given you because he has. He has. Um, you do you. Don't compare yourself. Um, I think that has always been a struggle for me. I have amazing, I have amazing people around me, you see. Um, like, just you do you. And, like, allow God's work. And that exactly everything that Debbie said. Don't, like, worry about the detail of things. Just go with it and enjoy it. I think we all need to have a wee bit more fun too, don't we, in life? Um, enjoy it. And, yeah, constantly just be giving it over to him. Okay, God, what does the next step look like? I'm just going to do what I can do in this. Brilliant, yeah. Laura? Yeah, well, I, I agree. <laughs> um, I totally agree. I would say that to myself too. I'd also tell myself to get over myself <laughs> um, and just let go. You can do this. Um, so, I, yes, I agree with what Katie and Debbie have said. I guess there's some things that um, maybe I'll just add for, for difference. Um, there's probably three things that I find stop people from stepping into the more. One's jealousy. The other's fear and the others doubt. They're like three of the biggies that stop people from stepping into the more. And do you know who's in control of all those things? You are. <laughs> I am. We get sometimes think, God, would you, would you take this doubt away, God? Would you take this fear away, God? Would you, you know, stop me being jealous of that person, or I want to be like that, or I should be like them? You're in control of your thoughts with this. God says we, we are overcomers. So he's not going to take a situation away. He's going to ask you to overcome it. So sometimes fear of failure is probably the biggest thing that we think, well, I can't do something because I might fail. You see, when I ask people that, you know, in a therapy session, well, you know, well, what would happen, you know, if, if we failed? What's, what's the worst? You know, people often think, oh, okay, I haven't actually thought about that. You know, because when you face fear, it, it becomes much smaller. A fear is built up in our mind. Fear is a concept, it's a thought, it's an illusion, it's real, it gives us emotion, but um, sometimes it gives us the energy to actually make a change, uh, shift the state that you're in, in order to step into the more. So if you fail, that's fine, like that's, that's okay, you know, because you can overcome that. You know, if the fear of failure stops you, then, well, this is an opportunity because 
failure cannot rule your life. You know, what's the worst that can happen? Sometimes people are afraid of being embarrassed. That's okay too, you can get over that as well. You know, these are not things to stop you walking into your destiny, walking into your future, living a dream that's lying in you, you know, that you maybe feel that's bubbling over and it's not going away and I don't know what to do about this, but I can't do anything right now because I don't know the next step. That's all part of the package, really, when you're a Christian. <laughs> we don't know the next step. We have to trust. You know, I think God really honors when we take a risk, you know, because then we know we're putting our trust in him when we can't figure out the next step. It takes a lot of risk. It takes a lot of guts, and it takes us facing our fears. And you can only be you to do that, you know. So you're in control of how, how you navigate fear, jealousy, and doubt. That's all down to you. But don't give the enemy any glory for that because he doesn't have that kind of power. That, that's, that's stuff in our own minds that we need to overcome and shift. So that's my two pence worth. Brilliant. Thank you so much, ladies. Can we give them a round of applause? Um, so I'm sure you can tell from these three, even from your own reflections as you've been thinking that we all have different dreams they all look different for each of us but our dreams are affected by our environment by what we are surrounded in they're affected by what we do and what we watch and what we listen to what we read our environment affects our dreams and so if you had asked me that question that we were looking at earlier if you had asked me whenever I was younger what do you want to be when you grew up I would have told you a lot of different things so I was um, thinking this week I loved watching Casualty when I was younger. It was like a routine that me and my mum and my dad, we'd all watch Casualty on a Saturday night and me and my dad would sing along to the theme tune, even though there's no words, we'd still manage to sing along to the theme tune of Casualty. And I loved watching it. And every time I watched it, I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. I loved watching all the doctors and the nurses busying around the hospital, doing what they needed to do, looking after people. And I thought, that's what I want to do. But then, as a wee kid does, I changed my mind all the time, and soon watching Casualty turned into watching CSI. I loved watching them go into the crime scenes, and they'd pick up all the evidence, and they'd bring the evidence back to the laboratory, you know, the bodies back, and they'd analyze it all, and they'd figure it all out. And I thought, no, 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 that's the dream for me. And so in my little head as a kid, I thought, I want to be a forensic scientist. I know that's a really strange dream for a wee kid, but I thought, that's what I want to do. I loved watching them do that. But then as you can imagine, that soon changed again. And as I went from watching Casualty to CSI to One Born Every Minute to 24 Hours in a &E, my dreams constantly changed because of what I was watching and because of what I was surrounded in. And so if you think about that, as we think about how God has dreams for us, we need to be surrounding ourselves in him in order to, to discover them. We need to be surrounding ourselves in his presence. And so I was thinking about that question, what do you want to be? And I thought, what if our answer to that was, I want to be faithful. I want to be obedient. What do you want to be? Oh, I want to be true to God. I want to be after his heart because that's what it takes if we're to discover his dreams for us if we're to discover what our destiny in him is that's what it takes for us to be obedient and for us to listen to him 
And so we need to surround ourselves in his presence, in his word, in his serenity, even in his people, to inspire those dreams, to bring them up to the front and to live them out. It says this in Proverbs 16, it says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. He said, trust in God's plan, give him all you have. Like Katie was saying, have a loose hand. Don't hold anything too tightly, but give him it all and he'll establish those plans for you. He'll establish his dreams for you. And so I'd love to turn um, to Judges chapter 4 and 5, if you have a Bible. If not, it'll be up on the screen to look at this woman, Deborah, in the Bible. And she, uh, she was a judge at the time. And at the time, uh, whenever she was a judge, she uh, was leading... So it says that Israel was doing evil things. They were on a bit of a loo, as they tended to be. They were on a loo, and they were doing evil things in the eyes of the Lord. Um, and we'll start here. In verse 4, it says this. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, I had to practice these names with John earlier, Lapidoth, we'll go with that, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. So here Deborah was, she's a really intriguing character. She was a prophetess and what she did was every single day she was under this tree, she was under the palm of Deborah. And she would stand there listening to God, listening to his word, to what he was saying. And she would prophesy over the people. She would prophesy over these Israelites. And they would come up to her to have their disputes settled. So she was leading them. And I think she was doing a pretty good job of it at that time. Um, so already, just from watching Deborah, just from reading about what she does every day, we learn something about her. We learn this. We learn that she was faithful. Because you see, Deborah was under that tree every single day without fail. Deborah was there listening to God, prophesying, helping the Israelites out. And she was faithful in it. She was there every day. She wouldn't have missed it. And so as we read on, we read this. Deborah sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, we'll go with that from Gadesh in Natalie, and said to him, the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River, and I will give him into your hands. So she gets this prophecy for this man, Barak. She gets this prophecy that says, gather up an army, get 10,000 men, get yourself ready, and God says, I'll lead this man, I'll lead Caesarea into your hands and it'll all be sorted for you. So Deborah goes to Barak and she tells him this. She tells him, this is what God has said to you. Imagine someone coming to you and saying that. This is what God has said to you. Go get 10,000 men, gather up an army and go. But Barak says this to her, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly I'll go with you, said Deborah, because of the but because of the course you're taking, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will deliver Caesarea into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. There Barak sum summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and the 10,000 men went up under his command. Deborah also went with them. So even though Deborah has said to Barak that this word's from God, he has the cheek to reply saying, mm. I'm not so sure about this. 
I'm not so sure if I want to do this. And it's almost like he's saying, I don't really want to take all the responsibility for this because if this goes wrong, I don't want to be the one that's in charge. And I love what Deborah's response is to him. She doesn't take any nonsense. She says it as it, as it is, and she's saying, okay, you know what, I'll go with you, but you're not getting any of the honor. If you don't take the responsibility, you're not getting any of the honor. And so they settle it, they get a plan, and Deborah goes off with them. And so we see another thing, we learn something else about her. Not only is Deborah consistent in her faithfulness, she's also consistent in her obedience because she knows that this word was from God. She knows that this was what God was calling Barak to do, and she was obedient enough to go and tell him. She was obedient enough to do what God said, even if it maybe would make her look a bit silly, even if it was um, gonna make her take a risk, gonna make her step out of her comfort zone. She was willing to do what God said. And even more than that, Deborah's obedience calls Barak to be obedient. Her act of obedience calls out obedience in Barak. She encourages him in that. And so the story goes on and they went up to Mount Tabor and the Lord led Caesarea into their hands and he ended up eventually being killed by a woman. And then we go on to read this in Judges 5. It's this really beautiful song um, that Barak and Deborah sing together. It says this, When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Hear this, you kings, listen, you rulers. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will praise the Lord, the God of Israel in song. When you, Lord, went out from Seir, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook, the heavens poured, the clouds poured down water, the mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai, before the Lord, the God of Israel. So Deborah's singing this song to God. And so we learn something more about her. Not only is she consistent in her faithfulness, not only is she consistent in her obedience, she's consistent in praise. You see, she could have so easily taken that honor, taken the glory all for herself, but instead she decides to turn to God and give it all over to him. Instead, she decides to sing this beautiful song and say, God, actually, all that glory is yours. It was all for you. And it was all because of you that this was able to happen. And it says that uh, this chapter finishes, chapter five, it finishes by saying that Israel had peace for 40 years. So if you think about it, at the start, we were told that Israel were doing evil in the eyes of the Lord. But then because of this act of obedience, because of Deborah's faithfulness, then they have peace for 40 years simply because of obedience. And so what we notice here, just from this really brief story of Deborah, is that despite her skills, we can tell that she was a leader. She was leading Israel at that time. I'm sure she had all the skills and qualities to go alongside that. She was a prophetess. So she had um, a gift in that. Despite all of this, she could sing, she could write songs. It was none of this that made her dreams come to life. It was none of this, none of these skills or qualities, but it was all of this. It was her faithfulness and her obedience and her praise and her consistency in all three of these that meant that God's dreams for her and God's plans for her could come to life. 
And so what I'd love for us to think about tonight, and even after hearing um, those three women and their stories, what I'd love for us to think about tonight is this. How can you be faithful? And how can you be obedient? And even as um, those three women were talking earlier, it really struck me that the realization of their dreams wasn't in any big grand act. It wasn't in a big massive gesture, but it was just in day-to-day life. It's just in being faithful and obedient in day-to-day life. It's just getting up, getting out of bed and following God's commands every step of the way, following his calls, even his whispers, every step of the way. And so we're going to take some time just to respond to this really soon. So Adrian and Hilary, you can come on up. Um, But just before we do, I'd love to leave you with this. Max Lucado has a book called Anxious for Nothing. And in it, he tells a story of a father and a son. And it says this. When a father leads his four-year-old son down a crowded street, he takes him by the hand and says, hold on to me. He doesn't say, memorize the map, or take your chances dodging the traffic, or let's see if you can find your way home. The good father gives the child one responsibility, hold on to my hand. God does the same with us. Don't load yourself down with lists. Don't enhance your anxiety with the fear of not fulfilling them. Your goal is not to know every detail of the future. Hear that? Your goal is not to know every detail of the future. Your goal is not to know even what your dream is for your life. But your goal is to hold the hand of the one who does and never, ever let go. Your goal is not to know every detail of the future. Your goal is to hold the hand of the one who does and never, ever let go. Let me pray. Yeah, Heavenly Father, thank you that this is your call for us. That it's not to have it all sorted. That it's not to have it all planned out. But God, you call us just to be obedient to you. You call us to be faithful. You call us to hold on to you, to cling on to you if we need. And so God, as we worship you tonight, um, would you help us to do that? Would you open our ears and our eyes to your calling, to your whispers? Would you show us how we can be faithful, how we can be obedient? And God, as we stand, even with our hands open, given our dreams, our plans, the weeks and the years to come, giving them all over to you, God, we say, would you come and would you take them all? And would your will be done in them all? And Father, thank you that we get to take part in your big plan for us. Thank you that you have those dreams. And we pray that we would get to see them come to light. We pray this in your name. Amen. On the way in tonight, you all would have received a little butterfly. Um, there are a few up here if you didn't get one. Um, why do we worship? Um, I want to read you something here, but why do we worship? I want you to really encourage you to think. Think about what your dream is. Think about what it is that God has called out in you. That thing that has laid dormant for so long. That thing that you've maybe been too afraid to chase. That thing that you've thought, it's not, it's not for now. It's not, it's too big. I can't do that. What is that thing? 
and I want you to put it on this butterfly and either one of these trees up at the front they are post-its and they are sticky so they may stick they may not if not we want you to put it around the tree somewhere and give that dream to God as I was doing my devotionals this week I came across this really funny verse in the Bible it's in 2 Samuel and it talks about this guy and it actually says that he killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day it says this in the Bible. I went to my actual Bible and opened my actual Bible because I didn't believe the devotion on my phone. But when I thought about it and I read this little devotion that talks about him taking chase after this lion, he meets it. And the lion and him come face to face in the middle of this forest. And instead of running in fear, he faces it and he chases it. And the ground gives way and the lion falls in and he dives in after it like any other person would walk away. He dives in after it. And he goes after it and he kills it in a pit on a snowy day. And the thing about it is, in every dream journey, there comes a moment when you have to quit living as if the purpose of life is just to arrive safely at death. You have to go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. You have to go big or go home. You have to take the road less traveled or settle for status quo. You have to bite the bullet or turn your back on your dreams. If you find yourself in a pit with a lion on a snowy day, you've got a decision to make, a decision that will determine your destiny. You can run away from what you're afraid of, but you'll be running for the rest of your life. Or you can face your fears, take a flying leap of faith and chase the lion. So tonight, what is your lion and what are you going to do with it? So we really encourage you to use this time when we're worshipping to think about what's your lion and what you're going to do with it. Put it on your butterfly and bring it and give it to God.
just really feel tonight that there's some people that God really wants to minister to tonight. And we have a prayer ministry team. We're going to come to the front, just kind of to my to my right, your left. And um, just really feel like there's people here tonight who maybe have had a dream, and you feel like that dream has been broken. I just really feel God wants to kind of bring restoration to you. So if, that, if you feel that that's you, um, can you come to the front? But also just people who um, discount themselves for many reasons. Maybe you just think you're too old. And I'm almost putting myself in that category sometimes. You just think, oh, God just gives dreams to kind of, you know, 18, 19, early 20s. And you just think your time has been and your time is gone. And you feel like that dream that's laying dormant for so long it's time to just leave it there but God says no and just to remind if you didn't kind of quite pick up from the start the prophecy that we played it was actually a prophecy that was given 20 years ago um, by Priscilla Reid up in um, CFC in Belfast and when we played that there's a whole story around it when we played it we just really felt God saying do you know what ladies do you know what daughters it's time for us to rise up it's time for us to rise up, to grab those dreams, to grab that destiny that God has spoken over each and every one of you. Do not discount yourself tonight. Do not discount yourself and say, I'm too old, I'm too young, I've been there, I've done that, my time is gone. God says, no, it's time to rise up. It's time to take what God has given you and it's time to run with it, to chase that lion. We're here to do it together. You're not doing it on your own. Take a look around. These women here want to cheer you on. I want to cheer you on. You know, it's so exciting that Laura and all were here at the front sharing their dreams. And Tapam just was going, come on. In fact, I said to him, he goes, come on. You know that story about Deborah and Barack? Come on, ladies. Let's rise up. But please don't leave tonight. If you feel brokenhearted, if you feel like your dream has just laying dormant, please come to the front and get some prayer. So the kind of the guys are going to play on for a, bit, a little bit longer, and then um, I'll come up at the end, draw things to a close, and I want to play a prophecy for you again because we want to just really speak over tonight about rising up, about waking up, and taking what God has given us. So if you still feel you want to come up and do your butterflies, do that. If you want to go up for some prayer, um, leave it open just for a couple of minutes. Thank you. 
I just pray just to close things off that's okay father god we come before you this evening we just say thank you thank you holy spirit your presence has been with us tonight father i pray that you would help us to rise up as women of courage as women of faithfulness as women of obedience that we will always give the praise to you father would you help us holy spirit would you take our hand father help us to hold on to your hand as you take us on this journey lead us into our dreams and our destiny with you father we thank you thank you for the privilege it is to know you to be one of your daughters and father be with us as we go in your precious and worthy name amen ladies that's us finished for for tonight just be aware that people are getting prayed for the front and um, but please do come forward for prayer if you want to and you still feel what you want prayer for um that's all our events for 2018 and we will be looking forward to seeing you all in 2019 um, so be blessed.